Welcome to the AUSA podcast. I'm Brenna, the Director of Student Activities. And I'm Luke, the podcast producer here. In order to foster connections, encourage community, and create fun, we host the podcast each week. We're here to help you navigate life on campus, life as a college student, and how to see God in both. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the pod. Um, first, let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> Last week, I said my throat hurt because of allergies, and my voice was weird because of allergies. It was a lie. It was COVID. Mm. So so awkward. Yep. I exposed everyone in this podcast studio, and then I was down for the count. But now I'm back and feeling pretty good. My voice, I don't know if it will ever go back to its normal octave. It feels a little lower, hmm. but wow, we'll see. I did not get it. I was fine. I'm glad you did. Don't worry, everyone. I know. I'm kind of surprised. I yeah. don't know how. I know. That was my first time getting it, which feels pretty wild. I think I'm the last one in student life to get it. No way. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Wow. wow. Oh, whoa. Who was that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Third person in the room. Oh. We have a guest today. today. Guest, introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. I'm Sam. 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 I graduated from Anderson in 2020. I love it. And I really love it here. You do? Can't stay away. Why do you love it here? I think that AU is just a ridiculously special place. I saw it bless myself. I saw it bless my friends. And I just believe in what they've got going on over here. I also worked for the student activities team for four years. Yeah, you did. And if student activities was Kool-Aid, I drank it for sure. We <laughs> talked the other day about how you're a Kool-Aid guy. Big in, Kool-Aid in a good guy. way, in a good way. Yeah. Not in like a I actually Jim made Jones the way. Kool-Aid. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> After you left my house, That's you went right. home and made a big that picture big of Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. man. Um, yeah, we've been in this uh, couple-part series um, now on hospitality. This is our second-to-last episode. Um, we've had some great conversations with some great people, um, just about different facets of like what it means to be hospitable and, and how that kind of manifests itself in different ways around our campus. Today, we're going to talk about like the inherent uh, hospitality of the gospel and and mm-hmm. and of Jesus and uh, we've mentioned a few times this book uh, by Rosaria Butterfield. The gospel comes with a house key. Um, I actually haven't read it, but um, I've read like <laughs> I, being talk honest. About it. <laughs> I I do like to talk about it. I I listened to a podcast with her a couple and and um, have like heard it synthesized many times by a couple of people that I, I really like and um, have read excerpts and all that all the all the things that I do and I don't read a book but want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's essentially this um, like really concise work on what it means to be hospitable and to not only open your house, but to open your heart for people different than you really is what it is about. Um, and I don't know if we've actually given like the maybe the backstory behind the book. So Rosaria Butterfield was a um, or she she's alive still, but she was a like a hard left like wing uh LGBTQ feminist activist. Um, and she was writing a, uh, it was either a journal or like, like a paper or a book, a whole book um, for her dissertation uh, in like feminist sociology about um, how hardline evangelicalism like kills hospitality, um, especially as it relates to like the LGBT community. And, and there's like this idea that she had that, was perceived and also that like I'm sure if we dove into that we would see that there's some you know truth there that like 
maybe we don't do hospitality the best, um, especially around those um, circles of sort of the post-Christian world, or like, I guess some people might say the secular world, but I don't really like that. That's like really separating. Anyway, um, she was writing it and, and a pastor heard about it and reached out to her and was like, hey, um, we heard about your book uh, and that you're researching for it. And um, we would like my wife and I actually would love to have you over and just like hear your experience because we think that it's really fascinating work that you're doing. So they opened their home and um, she went and, and there's this part of the book where she's talking about how she's like in her car and she's thinking about like, oh, like this is the enemy. Like I don't want to like go and like have fellowship with this person that like like denies my personhood essentially Mm -hmm. um which is like a fair thing um and a hard thing to navigate but uh she went and then went again and then went again and again and again and again um and eventually got to a place where she wrote a book called the gospel comes with a house key um and uh really really beautiful story and so i think if anyone is going to write about hospitality it's going to be someone whose life was literally changed by it um mm-hmm. and who only knows jesus because of the um barrier bulldozing hospitality of frankly like unexpected people like sure. like me personally i would not expect it an old evangelical preacher to show hospitality to a far left wing LGBTQ feminist activist mm-hmm. in that way, um, which is, you know, uh, and, and her main idea is radically ordinary hospitality. Um, and we unpacked that a little bit with Bethany. But anyway, so to kind of tie all of that together and lead us into our conversation today, um, we defined hospitality with Bethany Turner. If you missed the episode, go back and listen. It's a great one. She's the best. She is really awesome. Gosh, she's the best. Um, and we talked a little bit about like, okay, what does hospitality look like? And here's what we came up with um, from that conversation. Hospitality is an expression of the welcome of God, the Father, to everyone around you through real acts of love and service. Simply put, generously loving all people in physical spaces through tangible means, meeting people's needs and making people welcome. Um, Okay, so how is that hospitality? How is hospitality from a Jesus-centered view and a Jesus-centric life different from other forms of hospitality. Um, and we talked a little bit about this, but like diving deeply into this, um, how do you see that as like distinct? I was a flight attendant until maybe three weeks ago, which obviously is just hospitality. Mm-hmm. The whole point is hospitality. Yeah. And I would even say it's like drowning in hospitality because It's one thing to have four people over for dinner at your house. It's another thing to be hospitable to 300 strangers and then get a whole nother group of 300 strangers. And then immediately after that, get a whole nother group of 300 strangers. So not only was hospitality centric to my job, it was my entire job. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think one of the things that stuck out over time is that hospitality without the help of the Holy Spirit always has a limit to it. Mm -hmm. So in an interview to be a flight attendant, Everybody is going to be telling you about how they're so hospitable and so kind and they love people. They're just a people person. But I got to tell you, get on an airplane for the fourth flight of a day with a really tough crowd and you will see that begin to crumble Mm -hmm. because it's unsustainable without the help of the Holy Spirit. So for me, what I saw in my time as a flight attendant is that 
true hospitality, hospitality marked by Jesus, hospitality redeemed by Jesus, has a sincerity of heart that is simply not possible without the Spirit. Mm. I can pretend that I care about you. I can fake it till I make it. But the sincerity, the ability to sincerely have sacrificial hospitality, a hospitality that costs you something, I personally think, and I saw this in my own life, just isn't possible without the Spirit of God. But with the Spirit of God, as I receive the power of Jesus, Mm. I have this unique, out-of-this-world ability to care about people even when it costs me something, to be hospitable even when the facade or the face I kept for two hours is beginning to crumble. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's like the challenge mm-hmm. of of specifically like Christian hospitality and what that looks like mm-hmm. um, and how self-giving it is yeah. um, and how humble it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, or else like, I mean, Brenna's mentioned a few times uh, that like, people know when you're being disingenuous, oh, it, like yeah. they can see, they yeah. can see right through it. Um, and I feel like we get in our minds the idea that like, no one's going to notice, like whatever, if I don't want to be here and sure. like whatever that, like we have to tell ourselves mm-hmm. to justify us being um, like cold on the inside and mm-hmm. warm and welcoming on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tricky uh, tension though, I think to yeah. genuinely feel like, really tired and frustrated or like mm-hmm. you're having a bad day um but still do the self-giving part of hospitality yeah um yeah yeah i think it's jesus who said it's really not impressive this is my paraphrase it's really not impressive to love your friends kind of everyone does that yeah it's really not mm-hmm. really not special what's special is when you're when you're loving the enemy and loving the person not like you to love your friends even the gentiles do this yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. That's uh, yikes tough. indeed, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like as I guess it relates to maybe loving Oh man, there's this oh, you're gonna <laughs> of course I'm referencing him in the episode with you. What John Mark it? Comer. Oh John Mark <laughs> Comer. Luke loves John Mark Comer. He yeah. has this he's like in Portland, the thick of like secular America mm-hmm. uh, like the post-christian culture in America is like Portland I think Seattle it maybe is. just Pacific Northwest yeah, in general it is. It is. San Francisco might mm-hmm. be up uh, up there but anyway um he has this thing about neighboring and he's like what if we actually took to heart loving our neighbors like not the people around us in proximity like the cool barista he, he really likes that like to use the barista lots as of an coffee example. shop references yeah. I've, I've read them um but like what if we actually the people in direct proximity to us in the mm-hmm. apartment next door mm-hmm. or the house next door yeah actually did neighboring to them sure. um and uh so i guess as it relates to maybe that and our enemies and and our friends like just really across the board um what does it look like to not only have like an open door policy and approach to hospitality, but like an open heart and maybe even an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe to kind of do some work here to reclaim that, like have an open mind um, sure. mentality. But like what, what does open heart, open mind hospitality look like to you? Yeah. I think for me, I think about showing others my humanness. Mm. So the, Keyword there would just be vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think often when I think about vulnerability, I'm just thinking about my friends. Mm-hmm. And my suggestion wouldn't be tell everyone all your deepest, darkest secrets. But I think there is a tendency in my Christian walk 
or as a Christian in general, even in my hospitality to, even if it's well-intentioned, present myself as very put together, as very organized, as very on top of things. And I think that even as I walk through sanctification and redemption, there's something really powerful in just letting the person on the other side of the table know mm. that I'm still just a human yeah. and I'm still figuring it out. And there's things that are hard for me. And I know that we've all been in conversations before where the other person giving me some of that insight into themselves changes how I view them. Mm. Cause yeah. I level the playing field in that moment Yeah, where I just understand, Hey, maybe they are a more mature Christian than me. Maybe they are different than me. Maybe they right. are from mean a different context, yeah. mean sometimes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they are still experiencing the humanness that I'm experiencing. Yeah. I think it goes a long way. Yeah, I um, this was really cool. Um, well, okay, fast, fast forward, rewind. <laughs> rewind, got it. <clears throat> I um, spent my fall break at the Creation Museum, mm-hmm. um, which it was an interesting time. Uh, is what I'll say. And I disagree with some of the information that was presented there, disagree with the people presenting the information and their approach to it. That's all I'll say. But to cap off break, I went to Hymns and Hops, which is like this like big worship night with a bunch of strangers that I don't know. Um, and like I saw some friends there too, um, which is cool. I was out in Taylor's in, uh, in like right past Greenville um, for people who don't know what Taylor's is. Um, and we ended the night by reading the apostles creed Mm. and then by singing it as well. And, oh man, I was hit like a, like the Holy spirit came in and it was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, like, of course you disagree with these people and you think like, and, and, and I do genuinely think that like some of the things that they're doing are intellectually harmful and scripturally like, like harmful to scripture. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, as long as Christ crucified is at the center of that, like, hmm. you know. I feel like that, I've heard mm-hmm. that before, actually. Yeah, yeah. some guy named, some uh, guy... Oh, what was his name, Peter? Pinos. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we have to cut that. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say that word. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that was really humbling. And like kind of what you're saying was like reminding me of that, like the hospitable, the charitable thing, I think mm-hmm. maybe is a, is a good word. Like mm-hmm. thing to do is to see nothing, like if there's nothing else in common, see only Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that, then that's, you know, there's something else happening. Sure. But if you see Christ crucified, if you mm-hmm. see that being preached and taught and encouraged toward, mm-hmm. then like what's what are you doing if you're yeah. stirring yeah. up division and disunity? And um, that's really it. hard. A few weeks ago, I said, and this keeps coming up, and I thought about it just the other day too, that I think really all of hospitality is vulnerability, mm. is just opening up yourself to be whatever, to right. be like cared for, to be criticized, to be mm. anything. Mm-hmm. It is all just like a way more than what you do. It's the posture of who you are um, and how you live vulnerably letting people see you and know you. So I love that. Yeah. And that's hard, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we could talk about that a lot. And, uh, and I think we did actually dive into that. Um, but okay. So kind of in that vein, like what does it look like maybe as tangibly as you can get, like to offer hospitality to people different than you, Mm. like in any way, shape or form, 
Sure. That's the hardest thing in the world for me. (laughs) (laughs) I met Jesus when I was 15, Mm. and it was really on the back of the hospitality of Christians. Mm. So I'd been to church services and things before and felt pretty uncomfortable and from even a lack of hospitality maybe, Mm. felt like I don't belong here. There was nobody trying to help me feel like I belonged. It essentially was assimilate or go home. Mm. And I had no reason to assimilate because I wasn't a Christian. So why would I sing a song about God? I didn't have anything to say about God. I didn't know Mm. God. There's this family named the Weavers that God brought into my life and his providence. And I always tell people before they ever brought me to a church service where I would end up meeting Jesus, before I ever heard a gospel presentation, they just lived their life in a way that demanded an explanation. Mm. And I noticed that not because they sat down with me and talked theology. I noticed it because I went to Olive Garden with them Mm. and I saw the way they talked to each other. And I went to their house and hung out with their daughter and saw the way they cared for one another. Ultimately, I saw the fruits of the Spirit through their hospitality. I saw the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness. I saw all of these good fruits in them, mm. and it drew me in and left me with the question, what do they have that I don't have? And ultimately, it was, it was the Spirit of God. And so for me, that hospitality was tangible for really lack of a better word, because some Christians were just being Christians yeah, and just caring about each other and living out their faith in their home, mm-hmm. at a restaurant table, in the car, not in a flashy way, mm-hmm. not in a way that they would even personally describe as extraordinary, but just in a redeemed way. And for my unredeemed heart, it just drew me in. Mm-hmm. So it almost to me feels like their key to hospitality was simply being a Christian, <laughs> living their life in a way that displayed the fruits of the spirit with sincerity of heart. Yeah. And I think there's some, unfortunately, like over the many, many, many years that Christianity has been a thing, (laughs) there's been some, uh, sullying of like what it means to just be a Christian, Mm. uh, to the, the vast of the non-Christian world. Sure. Um, vast majority, uh, which is hard. And I think if we can do the work, individually and corporately to maybe shift the idea of like being Christian from like protests and like loud, unruly political, like disunity, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes Mm -hmm. on and on Mm -hmm. to simply put radically ordinary hospitality to borrow Rosaria Butterfield's language. Like something is going to change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh man, there's, I forget where I read this. It might've been, that's super pretentious. I'm not going to say that. Anyway, I forget where I read this. Um, in, in the way early church, like, um, before Christianity was legal, uh, from Constantine in 300, uh, something AD, um, and, and well into the medieval period, uh, Christians were known for, um, having what they called a Jesus room in their house. Hmm. So you're a traveler who is not even, maybe you're not even a part of the church. You're a traveler. You're going to a new city. Um, you don't know anyone there. Um, and your question to people, to like the concierge of the city, right, would be, hey, where are the Christians? Hmm. Um, because you could count on, if no one else was already staying there, Christian families too, if they had the space have a room in their home 
dedicated solely to entertaining the guest, mm-hmm. entertaining the wayfarer, entertaining the journeyman, the traveler, whatever, um, and hosting them for however long. Um, and boy, have we lost that. Mm. You know, now people are asking, hey, where are the Christians so that they can avoid them, you know, because like they don't want to get into it or they don't want to whatever. Like they don't want to be apologized to um, apologize in the sense of like apologetics. Um, The list goes on and on and on. Instead of, hey, we're the Christians. I know that I can count on them to show me kindness and hospitality regardless of who I am, where I'm coming from or what I'm here to do. Sure. Um, Which I think is super cool and super beautiful um yeah and uh yeah um okay so if we're thinking about we've got people different than us we've got um people that we disagree with that we would rather be able to dislike Mm -hmm. um than than show kindness and gentleness and compassion to you um what is it what does it look like to actually believe that those people are made in the image of god and then to like do hospitality to them. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. to, to shift our mindset from like maybe there's all these labels that we put on people, right? As like whether it's like Democrat, Republican, LGBT, not LGBT, um, other things that I can't think of right now. Dunkin' or Starbucks. Dunkin' <laughs> or Starbucks. Like, one. yeah. Um, Christian, non-Christian, mm-hmm. atheist, agnostic even. Um what does it look like to strip those all away and replace it with like ambassador of God, mm-hmm. whether they're a Christian or not, sure. everyone is imbued with the image of God. Um, so like does division really go away when you do that? Or is it like, is it just a mirage? Like, is that just fake that that's mm-hmm. going to fix things, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the phrase, is that going to fix things, really hits the nail on the head. What I'm feeling in that moment is I want you to change and just be like me. Mm. I just want you to change to my thing is really what I'm looking for. And even if it's well-founded and I'm thinking, well, this would just make you more like Jesus, the desire in that moment, the real hiccup I feel is you're not like me in this way and I want you like me in this way. I'm never thinking to myself, I want them like them. It's that I want them like me, mm-hmm. right? I have a quote from Henry Nouwen. Oh. <sighs> Indeed. I love Henry Nouwen. It says, hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. So when I think about my story that I referenced before with the weavers, they weren't telling me, you better follow Jesus or we'll yeah. never take you to Olive Garden again. <laughs> it was, they created a space where that change could take place mm. and know how they didn't force it. Mm. They didn't even require it. Mm. There was no deadline. It was simply, there is a space that exists where this change and transformation can take place. And that happens in every friendship, every dinner table I sit at with the quote unquote enemy and with the quote unquote friend. Mm-hmm. That change is just happening as as I do life together with them and kind of figure it out together with them. Yeah, what do we do with the fact that like Jesus partied with tax collectors and prostitutes? Mm-hmm. Like what does that mean for our hospitality? And like the ministry that comes out of our homes, you know, like, yeah, that was kind of rhetorical. You can answer it if you want. Wow. (laughs) Uh. Um, Like, it's a hard thing to feel because I think our 
inclination is that we want to be like, okay, so we need to invite IRS agents and like <laughs> I'm sure that's what he's over, referencing. You know? Yeah, but it's yeah. Uh, uh, you know I think a lot more. I think it's literal in that like he actually Did hung that. out with those people, sure. but it's mm-hmm. symbolic in the sense that it represents a, a a class, a group, or whatever of people that. Christians today would rather not think about as mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, which is really tricky. Sure. Um, and what you're saying, like, providing space to make change accessible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know a better way to, to tee it up, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I think the tendency with Christians, even practicing hospitality in good faith, like who actually means something well by it, um, is to think, okay, I can fix this person. I can make them think more like me. Mm -hmm. I can this and that, whatever. Oh, maybe after this many dinner parties, they'll finally come to church with me. Um, but it really is just about like doing life, um, with people. I have a quote that I want to read, um, that I forgot about until this very moment. (laughs) And, I'm going to talk like this and fill space (laughs) while I find the quote. (laughs) Um, Where'd you get this guy, huh? Where is it? From the Maroon Guns. Where is this bad boy? Here it is. Oh, it's a screenshot. This is difficult to read. (laughs) You're doing great. Okay. Um, This was in a, a friend of mine's textbook about wow. um what was it about i think hospitality it's, no it's about it was a, it's a textbook about sexuality um, oh, okay. i think it's from the human sexuality course here yeah. um which yeah. i've heard great things about are you taking it i didn't sorry oh you didn't take it mm-hmm. you were hdfs great there, right? things about it yes oh, okay <laughs> whatever man um okay let's see as one and and this applies to what it's talking about and it also applies across the board no matter what you think about this, what I'm about to say, like this applies to this and also to other people that you disagree with and whatever. Um, as one person puts it, quote, we seek places where we can finally exhale and wholly exist, singing hymns and praise songs in a friendly congregation. We want to join a new kind of encouraging church family that prays with us instead of for us behind the scenes. When we decide to leave the church, it's more often out of the rejection and hurt of being judged. We cannot disavow our faith that has carried us through. Our spiritual hope is just as deep to the core as any other aspect of who we are and cannot be extracted any more than our sexuality. Um, it's, a, it's about the LGBT community, but I think it's like just about also anything else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not seeing people as projects mm-hmm. or um, I like that idea of like not, it's only praying for people mm-hmm. in secret. Like there's so much power to praying with like for someone with that person. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I mean. um, and it's really scary to do as well. Um, it's a little scary sometimes, but it's worth it. Like I feel like most scary things are worth it um, anyways. But yeah, I really like that quote. And I think, <laughs> I think that um, there's a lot of power to that. Yeah. And and the the maybe pulling back the curtain on on our hospitality, and being like, hey, like this is what we're doing. Like being honest about why we're being hospitable and mm-hmm. and why we're being hospitable and the ways we're being hospitable to the people we're being hospitable to. Yeah, that was kind of a mouthful, but I think mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, 
that way it doesn't feel like a secret fixer upper right. project. That's right. Um, I think is really important. I have my, one of my, like, I have a couple like agnostic friends. My aunt is like an atheist and mm-hmm. just showing them the love of Jesus in a way that like, and they know that that's what I'm doing. You know sure. what I mean? I'm not yeah. trying to be like coercive or sneaky or manipulative about it. Yeah. Yeah. And if they asked me like, why are you doing this? That's what I would say. And, mm-hmm. and I'm the key is when they ask you, and you respond and they don't respond to your response. Oh, it's the love of Jesus. They don't respond. Oh, well, this Jesus guy must be the real deal then. Mm-hmm. You keep doing it. Are you, you okay with any response? Up. Yeah. Right. You have to be okay with any response. That's the litmus test. Mm-hmm. Am I okay even if this yeah. doesn't pan out the way I want it to? And if you're not, it's like you said, like that's how you know mm-hmm. that you're in it for the wrong reasons, that sure. you're being hospitable for sure. the wrong reasons. Um, okay, so to wrap us up then, Moving out into the world that we are all in, we do our jobs, we go to our classes, we eat in the calf. Um, how can we, I might have to explain this a little bit, replicate the miracles of Jesus in an ordinary, non-miraculous way? Like how can we inhabit the heart of Jesus's miraculous ministry in the meals that we get and in the walks that we take and in the lecture halls that we sit in? I thought about this question because like everyone who would read this question, I said, huh? Except Luke, because <laughs> that's how Luke thinks. <laughs> My answer would be perceiving the miraculous. So I've had many conversations with people where I'm with them. They're talking about some story in their life or something that happened, Christian or non-Christian, and they're talking about it as if it's just everyday normality. Mm. And in those moments, I find myself often saying to them, yeah, that's like a miracle. Mm-hmm. That job that you dreamed of for 10 years, you now do? That is a miracle. Yeah. You thought you could never restore this relationship with this person, but now you're the best man in his wedding? Mm. That is a miracle. And so for me, I think oftentimes it's not so much about me replicating a miracle as much as it is perceiving the miracles that already exist. Mm. And in hospitality, I have no idea how that relates. <laughs> yeah, I think what I was thinking about maybe when I wrote that was like, okay, how do we inhabit the heart of feeding the 5,000 mm-hmm. or the heart of turning water into wine mm-hmm. or the heart of raising Lazarus from the dead? Sure. Um, and like all of those things, I think, as with many of the things that Jesus did, mm-hmm. even driving money changers out of the temple are motivated by compassion sure, and a desire for justice. Mm. So how do we take the compassionate heart of the father and God's justice that he's called us into to, to help him bring to earth, right? To help bring the kingdom of God to earth. How do we take those things, hold them each in one hand and then do hospitality mm-hmm. in light of those things? Sure. It's a very simplistic answer. I had a conversation with the BCM community group leaders on campus when they were doing some training. Mm -hmm. And I talked to them about how before any of them, and this is true of any of us, it doesn't matter if you don't have the title community group leader, for any of them walk into a cafeteria and sit across from a student and have some lunch with them where they're probably desiring the miraculous, right? This is a actually space created purposefully for life change to happen and that's a clear intention. Nobody's denying that. 
But before they do it, they better stop and take five seconds and ask God for help. Get in check the sincerity of heart mm. so that they are not thinking of the person across the table as a machine. Yeah. They're not thinking of themselves as a machine. They are seeing this as two people made in the image of God coming to know God more. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times it is simply the pause, the acknowledgement. I'll go back to what I talked about in being a flight attendant. Without the Spirit of God, this is not possible. Mm. I have to ask him for help. I can have the best program, the best structure. I could write a book on how to do hospitality well, but without the Spirit of God, it has an endpoint. Yeah. And <laughs> that's how the miraculous happens in hospitality, I think. Yeah. Is by the one who makes miracles happen, mm. which is God. Not by us. Not by us. For sure. Mm-hmm. Or by programs or systems yeah. that are absent of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like um, recognizing the power of the mundane. Mm -hmm. This is like a thing that I love. Um, Tish Harrison Warren wrote an amazing book called the liturgy of the ordinary. Big liturgy of the ordinary guy. I bet you are, aren't you? I love it. Butter and jelly sandwich. I'm about to say that I'm about to quote that part when she says like, I remember the incredible giant lavish, like indulgent meals that I have with at like a bougie restaurant Mm, or with friends around a table, whatever. But what I don't remember is how many PB&Js I've eaten between them. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is true of showing hospitality. Like, to even say the same thing, like, you can remember and be so mindful of the large-scale, beautiful feasts that you make. All the foreign food Fridays or first <laughs> first mu- first day of the month feasts that you have, mm-hmm. um, which are great and beautiful and a time for celebration and joy and fellowship. But you can really get lost in that attention, and you can forget that maybe even more the more hospitable moments happen mm. on your couch at two a.m. Mm-hmm. with a friend who's really mm-hmm. really had a hard day, or sitting across from a person you rather would not be sitting across from, uh, talking to them about something that you disagree with them on or et cetera, et cetera. And maybe what makes that hospitality sincere is the fact that I'm not teeing myself up to be hospitable. Yeah. I'm just being a human redeemed by God. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being present with you. I just actually care. The reason I'm up with you at 2 a.m. on the couch isn't because we scheduled 2 a.m. couch time. <laughs> yeah. It's because, because I just... because I thought, let me look like Jesus in that's this right. moment. It's just because yeah. I actually care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what you get from, mm. like, when you do those little moments well, mm-hmm. when you eat the PB&Js well, mm-hmm. you're formed to eat them better next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. When you do little things, whether you're mindful of it or not, mm-hmm. in a way that Jesus would do them... Mm you're further formed to do them more like Jesus the next mm-hmm. time you do them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it starts to come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is super, that is really cool. Beautiful mm-hmm. and weird and strange and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, but isn't all of it anyway, <laughs> that's all baby. <laughs> isn't all of it. Um, yeah. Wow. Cool. That's all I've got. Sam, any closing remarks? Crunchy peanut butter is the far better peanut butter on a peanut butter oh and jelly sandwich. I don't know about that, man. I don't think I'll get better at eating that one. So no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I would 
throw them but away. even in spite of our differences we could still eat a pb and j together see not it all one. came full circle no, not that okay. difference that one's inexcusable <laughs> <laughs> um thanks for coming on thanks for chatting thanks, thanks for having for me go trojans being wise i realized while we were recording i think i'm not i don't know if i'm allowed to do this i think that the first time we ever talked about this was on the audibility podcast way back in 2019 in my village basement dorm room mm-hmm. sitting crisscross applesauce with a I microphone remember on the floor. Us. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I was a senior. I was a freshman. Yep. Now I'm a senior. Wow. And you're wow. a freshman in some ways. <laughs> I Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> If I say it, we're going to have to bleep it all oh, out. Oh, I see. <laughs> It'll be like the cuss word. <laughs> um, yeah, which is a funny full circle moment to me. Anyways, yes. yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Brenna? No closing thoughts. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, okay, see ya then, I <laughs> okay, guess. Bye. Well, we should do events probably. Yeah. We didn't do them last week. That's okay. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya. I don't know why I waved. It's a podcast. Now for the fun part. (laughs) (laughs) Events. Let's go. Like I said, Kool-Aid, baby. Kool-Aid. That is so different than how we usually start. <laughs> oh, They're like, okay. that was the usually one goes, and only. It will never happen again like that. <laughs> Brittany usually goes, hey, guys. And as always, we're going to end this episode with oh, our events that we've got script. coming up. Sorry, I thought it was more <laughs> so, like. So, as <laughs> always, we're going to tell you about the events we've got coming up. Next week is homecoming week, and we cannot wait. Mm-hmm. So, happy Friday today. Tonight, we've got $5 movie night. So, if you haven't gotten a ticket yet, I think they're all sold out. But maybe... Ask your friends. <laughs> get them to sell it to you. You Venmo them. They could you could get a real deal if you do that. Or you can or you can go and just buy a normal movie ticket. That is true. Yeah. And you're only getting like half off. They're yeah. like nine mm-hmm. ninety eight or something. So if you had something discount. and all your friends are going and you're like, Oh, but now I can go now, you can still go. Yeah. But you still have to you have go to watch pay. with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so that's tonight. Also we're going to Scarewinds tonight. Those tickets are sold out, long sold out. But I hope they have a fun time. I don't like scary stuff literally at all, so mm. I have zero interest in any it of that. Work, guys. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> um, but that is tonight. And then tomorrow we've got Grocery Bingo. Hope that you will come play that. Um, we've got some great prize packs and some fun like in-between rounds. So mm. if you're like, I'm the unluckiest person ever, there's still a, sh- there's still a chance for you. Mm-hmm. You're not actually. sometimes. Too. Yeah. It truly is. Yeah. Um, and then next week is Homecoming. So kicking off Monday, we have the outdoor movie where we're showing Top Gun. And I literally can't wait. I keep saying that I miss Top Gun like I miss a friend. Like it's a person I hung out with all summer and now I haven't seen them in a long time. That is how I feel about Top Gun. So I'm very ready. That's at 8 p.m. in the quad. Bring your blankets. It'll be a little chilly. But also you need a blanket to sit on. Um, and then on Tuesday of Homecoming, we've got... Powderpuff Battle of the Classes. So the freshmen and juniors will take on the seniors and sophomores um, in a Powderpuff game, and it's so much fun. Um, for sure, you'll laugh a lot. Even if yeah. you're like, I hate football, you will laugh a lot. I, as someone who – I don't hate football. As someone who is indifferent toward football, it is a fun event. A I can't very confirm. fun event. Um, and then Wednesday night, similarly, is the faculty and staff versus student 
kickball game, oh, which is a, what a fun such event. a fun event. Um, I literally can't wait. That it's is so at good. oh, I think I said Powder Puff wrong. Powder Puff is at seven. I think I might have said eight. It's at seven. Whatever I said, seven p.m. is the time. Kickball is also at seven at the softball field. Um, so if you haven't signed up to play, you should sign up to play. But also, if you just are like not my zone, I want to come watch. Come watch. It'll be so much fun. Thursday night is our longtime favorite, Fall Fest. Um, Hopefully you have already grabbed some food tickets this week. If not, that's okay. They're still on sale. Um, They're $2 each, and your food tickets give you any food item at any food truck. Um, And that's still like more than half off of any of the items we pay, um, that we pay for. So do that. And also, if you haven't done your waiver yet, go ahead and do that. You can get your wristband early. Um, and that will only bless you later because you won't have to wait in any lines. You can get your wristband. Would it be helpful to say why we're doing that so that people aren't like... About food? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just start over about Fall Fest. Okay. Because I'll say waivers first, then that. And then on Thursday is our one of our most favorite events ever, Fall Fest. Um, this year, we're doing it a little bit differently. So... One thing that's not different is that you do need to fill out the waiver. Um, You can go ahead and do your waiver now and get your wristband early, which will only bless you because you will not have to wait in line Mm -hmm. all night long. Yeah. um, Because no one likes the line, especially me. And no one Um, likes the waiver table. No one likes the waiver table, us included. We hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the lamest table. Sam apparently doesn't mind it. We'll put him there. Um, (laughs) But we don't love it. Um, But then the thing that we are doing differently is that this year we are charging for food trucks. um, And that is... Maybe a hot topic. I'm not a student, so I don't know what y'all are talking about, but maybe you're talking about it. Um, so we're charging for food trucks this year. It is, to be honest, it feels like an inevitable move. Like someday we're going to have to because there's no longer, like gone are the days where 500 students come to an event. Yeah. A thousand of you come and food trucks that literally used to cost 4000 now cost 6000 So it just is tricky. We're like kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And so we... Spun our options, thought about what we could do. We didn't want SGA to, like, SGA, we need $30,000 for food trucks for Volfez. That's silly. Um, And so we did get some additional funding from Mm -hmm. SGA to offset some costs. But we are selling tickets for food trucks this year. So they're $2 each. That's still less than half of any of the food items we paid for. Um, And they're all delicious. And you'll be able to use your little $2 ticket for food at any of the trucks for any item. So if you want fried Oreos, you got fried Oreos. Yeah. So for like six bucks, you can get a lot of food. You really can you know get a I mean? lot of food. So. Um, and you can buy as many mm-hmm. tickets as you would like um, and just spend them everywhere. I'm picturing that like dollar dollar bills, shuffle <laughs> hand movement. <laughs> you can do your tickets just like a that. A hundred. A <laughs> hundred million food tickets. Um, so yes, that is Fall Fest. Ferris wheel will be here. Mm. Other amusements. All sorts of fun. We can't wait. Um, and then next Friday is the dance. And I mean, I really cannot wait for the dance. I love it so much. I don't even dance as a staff member now. But <laughs> back in my day, you know, when I was a student, I loved the dance. And so I can't wait for it. Um, it is at Carolina Wren Park from 8 p.m. to midnight on Friday. Amazing. Um, hopefully you've grabbed your ticket. But if not, we'll have some on sale this coming week as well. Um, it's such a fun event. You should mm-hmm. all be there. A secret. I'm whispering to the mic that nobody really knows about um, is a secret exclusive for the pod listeners. Um, we got one of those very cool 360 photo booth things, and I'm very excited. Wow. I know. Yeah. Sam's even shocked. We are big time now. He's got a shocked um, face on. 
Imagine the emoji. It was a lot of dollars and it felt so worth it. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. We've never done that before. We've only done like a picture photo booth. What? <laughs> we'll leave a little pause for him to cut that. <laughs> so, yes, we've never done anything like that before. It's going to be the best. Um, and just the dance is so fun. And it's right downtown. We've got some special gigs with downtown dollars coming. So stay tuned for that. We can't wait. Um and <laughs> Sam really hated that noise. <laughs> he really, that really didn't like it. <laughs> he hated it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an adult person make that face. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you make that noise. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was the first um, time for everything. <laughs> so the dance will be just the most fun. Go eat downtown before and then pop on over to Carolina Wren. Yeah. To dance literally until midnight. Mm. We don't usually stay that late. Wow. But I know that's a new thing, too. We did last homecoming dance until midnight. We're ringing in the new year. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> On that Friday night in October. Um, so, yeah, it'll be such a fun week. And then, of course, all the family day things on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a family, you can come with the cat family that we built because some of us don't have our families coming either. And so we're all going together. Yeah. So it'll be so fun. You can come with us. Um, One big Trojan family. That's right. We hope to see you at all of those events next week. If you have any questions, find Luke <laughs> or DM us on Instagram. <laughs> Ask me personally. I would, I would maybe Luke go to personally. DM you <laughs> yeah, right. I, I would think the 411 knows more. Write me a um, note or a letter. <laughs> I'll get it sometime next Send week. Send it through Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Happy almost homecoming. Have a great weekend. We love you a lot. Hope to see you at everything. Bye. See you there. Bye. Can we plug our own product? Is that an option? <laughs> I think we can. If you're not already reading the 411 every week, it is like the most vital of emails. I really think that you should. It's one of the best ways that you can get connected. It's the way that you can jump in on new things if you haven't tried something yet. So read the 411. With all the love in my heart, read the 411. This might feel a little random to you, but it doesn't to us. Our team really loves the local church. And if you haven't gotten plugged into a local body just yet, here's an open invitation. Ask any of our team if you can go to church with us. We'd love to have you. Just in case you didn't know about this, SGA meetings, which are typically held on Monday nights, are open to all of campus. If you've got a brilliant idea, I'm sure that they would love to hear it. Those meeting details are in the 411, and you can just pop in if you'd like to go. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the AUSA podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, do us a favor and share it with your friends. And if you have any thoughts or questions, you can DM us on Instagram at AE411. Speaking of, to keep up with all things student activities, visit our Instagram at AE411. And if you want to get texts from us, we can send you some reminders. You can text AE411 to 833-352-0192. We promise no spam, only fun. For more information on events in general outside of just student activities or to RSVP for anything, you can head over to AUnited. Thanks to the band Tents for our intro song, Insert Some Quarters, and our break music, Champ Call. Special thanks to Anderson University's Makerspace, where we record our episodes, to our guests this week, to the event coordinators that planned the upcoming events, and to everyone who devoted their time, energy, and wisdom to the resources used in this episode. Again, and as always, thanks for listening. See you next time.